welcome to the weekly podcast of River Valley Church. We're glad you're here. Our heart is to lead people to Jesus and launch them into their God-given purpose. So we pray you would encounter God in a fresh, new way today. To learn more about our church, visit rivervalley.org. Now, let's tune in to this week's message. This weekend is a special weekend. It's called Hometown Weekend because we've got some of our young communicators that are going to bring the gospel message of Jesus Christ. I hope you're excited because I'm going to introduce you to, to them tonight. We've got six speakers here at Apple Valley at all of our campuses. We've got multiple speakers that are, that are being able to preach this weekend. But in just a moment, you're going to hear from Pastor Davey Collins. Our online campus pastor, as well as here at Apple Valley, he helps lead our connections, all of our teams and groups as well. But before him, they're going to do a little tag team. They're going to do a little tag team preach. So get ready. Uh, You're going to hear from, just wait, you're going to hear from Pastor Josiah Christian. And, uh, and, uh, just a moment, he's coming up. But if you're wondering, who is this guy? He helps lead our online campus. And he's been serving at the church for almost 10 years. And started as an intern. Thanks, Greg. Started as an intern. And uh, now serving on staff. He was in our production department. And now serving as our online connections pastor. If you're watching online, you know him well. But he has a servant's heart. He has a teaching gift. There's an anointing on his life. The hand of God is on his life. And you will be able, if your heart would allow, you will be able to glean from God as you listen to Pastor Josiah. One more time. Welcome, Pastor Josiah. How's everybody doing? As I get situated, uh, like he said, my name is Pastor Josiah Christian. I hail from Kansas City, Missouri, but I've called this home for the last eight years. Uh, If you don't recognize me, I've never been on this part of the stage, but I've been in the back of the stage many times. For many years, I had dreadlocks. Maybe I see some, some light bulbs coming up right now. Uh, my beautiful wife, Mariah, was up here leading worship with us tonight. She is carrying right now our unborn son of 26 weeks. Yeah. But he also, he doesn't have a name yet. So if you guys have any suggestions, just send me an email. That's okay. No, but I just want to say thank you so much to Pastor Rob. Really, Pastor Rob, it's because of your investment and people like me and many other on our team that we're able to do this, and I don't take it lightly. So thank you very much. But also, maybe you guys didn't realize what it takes for every single week for us to do this. We've got a production team. They are the first in and the last out every single week. So thank you, production team. You guys are awesome. From the staff to the volunteers, you guys are incredible. Well... Today, I'm just going to jump right in if that's all right. We're going to be talking about taste. Does anybody like food in the house? I love food. I grew up in Kansas City, so I know the barbecue. We've got entire channels dedicated to eating and tasting and looking at and smelling food. We've got, we've got stuff on Netflix. Anybody like, what is it, Great British Bake Off? I don't know. My wife loves those shows. But I, I went to the state fair last night. Maybe you guys didn't know this, but there's like a miniature Minnesota state fair happening right now. And I went and I got my, my cheese curds. I got my favorite fried pickles. They're incredible. 
So I did that last night. Maybe you can go. I don't know if you have tickets yet, but uh, we got to do that. But we're going to be doing more than talking about just tasting those natural things on earth. You can go ahead and open your Bibles. We're going to be going to Psalm chapter 34. And the title of today's message is Taste and See. Turn to your neighbor and say, Taste and See. Yes, I love both of those things. Uh, But before we do that, I'm just going to pray. Lord, thank you so much for this beautiful day for Memorial Day weekend people that are living lives that are just like you. You gave your life for us, so thank you for the others that have given their lives for our freedom, Lord. But Lord, I ask that everything that comes out of my mouth today wouldn't just be my opinion, but Lord, your Holy Spirit, would it anoint me so each word is just one of your words. Otherwise, it means nothing. Draw people to you, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. And everybody said amen. Amen. We're gonna read out of Psalm 34, But before I do that, let me set this up. In 1 Samuel, this is chapter 21, we're going to hear about King David. Anybody know King David, my favorite king in the Bible? Uh, Well, other than King Josiah, I have to say. But King David, this is the story. He's got a best friend, and his name is Jonathan. Jonathan's dad, his name is Saul, and Saul just so happens to be the king currently in Israel. And Saul gets jealous of David because David is the new anointed king, and he's killing his ten thousands when Saul has only killed his thousands. So this is what happens. Jonathan, the best friend of David, tells him, hey, my dad's gunning for you. you got to get out of here. So they have this agreement. He runs out of there, and then he finds himself fleeing in front of the Philistines, which if you remember David and Goliath, Goliath was a Philistine, so obviously they don't like him. And he's over there, and they're thinking, this is, this is David. This is a great hostage situation. And so David goes, I don't know how I'm going to get out of this one. And so he says, the Bible says that he literally acts insane, that he's hitting his head on the wall, and he's drooling down in his beard, But it works. What do you know? It works. And he gets out of there and he runs and he ends up finding himself in a cave somewhere. And then upon reflection of that really embarrassing moment, he writes this psalm. Let's see if this is how you would respond. You ready? Psalm 34, starting in verse 1. I will praise the Lord at all times. I will constantly speak his praises. I will boast only in the Lord. Let all who are helpless take heart. Come, let us tell of the Lord's greatness. Let us exalt his name together. I prayed to the Lord, and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. Can I get an amen to that? Those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. No shadow of shame will darken their faces. In my desperation, I prayed, and the Lord listened. He saved me from all my troubles. For the angel of the Lord is a guard. He surrounds and defends all who fear him. This is it. You ready? Taste and see that the Lord is good. He just had to remember that in the middle of this. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, the joys of those who take refuge in him. Fear the Lord, you his godly people, for those who fear him will have all they need. Even strong young lions sometimes go hungry, but those who trust in the Lord will lack no good thing. Amen. That is so true about God. But at the same time, I would not respond that way. David's over here acting crazy in front of these kings, and that's how it gets away. I'd be ashamed. You ever have those moments where you're laying in bed at night, and you're like, remember in third grade when I said that dumb thing to Betsy, and now she... I have those moments all the time, and that's what I would be doing if I was David, but he's over here saying, I'm going to exalt the Lord, because I have tasted and seen that the Lord is good. Is anybody in here a picky eater? We're talking about taste. Anybody a picky eater? It's okay. Yeah, I see that. You're confidently saying that. 
But is anybody so picky that you don't even taste something? You just look at it and you know that you're not going to eat that. Yeah, you can just tell. I, can't, I think that's why they created food coloring, though. Let's be honest. Our kids are not going to be eating Trick cereal if it's just the same monochrome color of gold. You know what I'm saying? So it, there's a reason that we have this, because our sight sets our expectation for how good or her ba- how bad something is going to be. As a matter of fact, you're going with me. Uh, if we're going to be disappointed... It's only because an expectation that we set on something was not met. At the same time, satisfaction only comes when an expectation that we had was met or exceeded, okay? So you're going with me. What do we do with our eyes? We look at things, and we set these expectations all the time. But we do this with more than food, don't we? Has anybody in here ever made an expectation for a person that you just saw before you talked to them and experienced them? Or how about this? Has anybody ever made an expectation on God when you just seen something? Here's another guy. You guys ever heard of this? Maybe it's controversial to say this. Dr. Seuss, green eggs and ham, anybody know the story? There's this guy, his name is Sam I Am, and he is so confident that he's got this great food, but it's colored green, bad use of food coloring, green eggs and ham. And he's telling the whole book, would you eat it here in a box or with a box? And he's saying, no, I'm not going to do this. What he did was he set an inaccurate expectation because of that. And if you only see, you're going to draw inaccurate conclusions. You hear me? You're only going to draw inaccurate conclusions if you stop at sight. Spoiler alert, after he tasted green eggs and ham, I'm sorry if you haven't read this book, he loved it. He loved the green eggs and ham. And not only that, imagine this. Now when he sees green eggs and green ham, he loves it. He can't wait to have a taste of it because he's tasted and now he sees. There's something really important about tasting it and seeing it. But again, if we never get past seeing because of your negative or your apathetic expectation, you will never taste the sweetest things that the Lord has to offer you in this life. Or I'm just going to go here for a second. Just seeing church, that's not experiencing God. Seeing church is actually seeing other people who are experiencing God. So anyway, how did David respond in this situation with this psalm? How did he do that with praise and hope in this difficult season? This is why, because just like green eggs and ham, he tasted And then he had seen that the Lord is good. David had seen the evil of Saul. He had seen the calamity of his situation. He had seen the shame of his behavior, but he had tasted and seen the goodness of God, which is more of a reality than what he was just seeing in his current situation. You hearing this? What is happening in the spiritual realm is not just some sixth sense. We're not making this up like you can taste things on earth, but then there's a sixth spiritual thing where you taste God. No, Pastor Davian, a little bit after we tagged him out, he's going to give you some biblical examples of how we can actually taste, we can see, we can smell, we can feel God in tangible ways. But like David, to do this, we have to become more aware of what was going on spiritually than what was happening physically. So if you're taking notes, first point, aware. We need to increase our awareness of God's heavenly realm. So how do I increase my awareness of God? The easy Christian answer, maybe some of you could fill in the blank. I got to read my Bible. We do soap here. I got to join a serve team. I got to get in a small group, extracurricular. Let's do that January 1, 21-day fast, right? That's, that's how I experience God. Those are great ways to experience God, but at the same time, I could do all of those things, and it's just going through the motions. Is anybody in here in love right now? 
I am. See my wife over here? Here's the thing. When I'm in love with my wife and when I was falling in love with her when she was my girlfriend, I used to live up in White Bear Lake, Minnesota, way up north, and she lived down south in Burnsville. That's a 45-minute drive. But did you think you had to twist my arm to make that drive? Not this man. I was ready to go. It's a day off. You got time off. You got 30 minutes on a break. I'll see you there. You didn't have to twist my arm to get to see her or to text her all day or to FaceTime her until midnight. Sorry, guys, until midnight. Uh, It was my pleasure to do that because I was falling in love with her. At the same time, we don't have to twist our arm to show God that we love him. John 14, 15 says this, if you love me, this is Jesus, if you love me, you will keep my commands. But maybe that's not just another law to keep. Maybe it's a description. Maybe it's an indicator of our love. Because you see, when I was falling in love with Mariah, and I still am today, love compels me to action. I don't feel obligated. No one has to make me do this. No one has to make me go through the motions of loving God, of reading my Bible, of praying to him, because I love him. And out of that love, I'm compelled to do that. So spiritual disciplines can actually become a byproduct of our love for God. But I know that there's also another crew in here. What if, what if that's not your reality? What if right now these disciplines currently feel like an obligation more than they feel like love? You know, last year I had COVID. Uh, so did Pastor Rob. Maybe you guys have heard that he had COVID. He shared it in his book and he shared it several times. Maybe what you didn't know, though, is that he and I had COVID at the same time. So let me tell you a story. I go into a clinic because I'm feeling under the weather. This is July last year. And I'm in the restroom. I come out, I've got my blue surgical mask on. And who do I see? None other than the lead pastor of River Valley Church, Pastor Rob Ketterling, with his own blue surgical mask. And we look each other in the eye like we are the only ones in this waiting room. And I'm thinking, oh no, not my employer. And he's thinking, oh no, not my employee. And so we just have this moment. But I ended up testing positive. He did shortly thereafter. And now we have the great memory that we went through this together. But If you guys don't know this, one of the symptoms of having COVID is sometimes people lose their taste. You see where I'm going here yet? Well, me and my wife one time, we got Chinese food while I was feeling sick. We had it delivered in. And she's sitting here and she's going, man, this Chinese food is good. As a matter of fact, I think we just found our new Chinese spot. And I'm like, really? This kind of tastes like LaCroix Chinese. This is like hint of Chinese. How does this taste good to you? But After that moment, I realized that I was just eating out of obligation. I wasn't eating because something tastes good. Do you ever do that? You ever eat just because you're bored? We don't even have a reason to be eating. But at the same time, sometimes I get to a place of such apathy that I I have no reason to eat at all. And then as I was thinking about this this week, I felt like the Lord prompted on me, well, what about the people that don't have earthly COVID? What if they have spiritual COVID? Hmm. You lack the ability to taste and see God because your senses are numbed. But this is my own experience. Yeah, I got, I got COVID last July, but in the spring, I was living in fear. Pastor Rob and I talked about it later. And he said, one to 10, what was like your fear ratio? And I said, if I'm being honest, a nine or a 10, depending on the day, because this is my real situation. When I was 12 years old, I was diagnosed with an inflammatory bowel disease. And I still, to this day, every eight weeks, I take IV infusions that suppress my immune system. So in my natural world, this is what I'm thinking. I'm high risk. I don't know what's going to happen if I get this. My anxiety is at a 10. And as I'm studying this, the Lord is kicking me in the behind because he's saying, what you're doing 
What you're doing is you're making this more about what's happening physically here. All you're doing is you're focusing on your sight. What about all the experiences you've had of tasting me in the past? And so he rebuked me, so I have to repent. But at the same time, that's right now, that's who my heart is going out to. What about the people that today have spiritual COVID and you're just eating out of obligation? You're going to church, you're reading the Bible out of obligation only because you feel like you have to. God rocked me with that. I'm hoping he's rocking you with that too. But here's the thing. Unlike David, I was more focused on what I could see physically. And what did David do in his psalm? He had his eyes set on Jesus. And he said, I will boast only in the Lord. And he was making a lot of declarations. So this is where I have to be today. Reminder that we have to have more awareness of God to be more like him but we also have to realize the full access. You hear me? We still have access to God just like David did then, just like when Jesus was walking on the earth. We still have access to God today. So will you welcome with me to the stage, Pastor Davey Collins to close out this message. Hey, come on, one more time. Can we thank Pastor Josiah for sharing? Uh, and in case you didn't know, Pastor Josiah is, is one of the greatest pastors of people I've ever met in my life. And uh, if you want somebody to pray for you, whether you ask it or not, he's going to pray for you. He's the guy. Like Pastor Josiah said, this is more than a sixth sense. This is a reality that God wants us to live in every single day. Not only do we need to have awareness of God's kingdom realm, but we need to know that we have access to it. And when I'm talking about access, I'm also talking about the fact that we have the authority in God's kingdom realm to taste and see and do what God has called us to do. He gathered his disciples together, Jesus did, and he said, I'm giving you power and authority to cast out demons, to heal diseases. These are spiritual realm things. He's giving us the authority. But here's the truth is that when we have the authority to do this, we also now have the responsibility to do this. That this can't just be something that we look at from a distance, but we immerse ourselves in. That there is a realm that is around us that is a greater reality than what we see with our senses right now. All throughout God's word, this language has been evident, not figuratively, but in reality. That we would taste, see, smell, touch, hear the kingdom realm of God. It starts all the way in the beginning. In Genesis chapter 3, we see the temptation of Adam and Eve. And, and God tells them, hey, you can eat from anything you want, just not from this specific tree. And if you do, you're going to die. But what does the serpent say? The devil says this in Genesis chapter 3. He says, you won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows uh, your eyes will be opened. You'll be able to see. As soon as you eat it, as soon as you taste it, and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. The devil's instructions were a perversion of Psalm 34. The psalmist tells us to taste and see that the Lord is good, and listening to the enemy's instructions, it allowed them to then taste and see evil, and then therefore have the consequences of that. From the beginning, there has been a connection between our senses and our spirit. Let's look at some scriptures together. It says this in Leviticus 1.9, that the priest is to burn all of it on the altar, talking about the sacrifice. It is to be a burnt offering, a food offering, an aroma pleasing to the Lord. This is how God experiences our obedience, is with the sense of smell. 
This is a side note, maybe a different message for another day, but that's how God experiences our obedience. I think too often we think about how we are going to experience God and not enough about how God is experiencing us, but that's a different message. Psalm 119 says this, how sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. This is not figurative language. Ephesians 5.2, walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God, a fragrant offering. 2 Corinthians 2.15, our lives are a Christ-like fragrance, rising up to God. This is not figurative language. This is a reality that we are to live in, that we have not just awareness of, but access to. A.W. Tozer in his book, The Pursuit of God, he says this, what can all this mean except that we have in our hearts organs by means of which we can know God as certainly as we know material things through our familiar five senses. A spiritual kingdom lies all about us, enclosing us, embracing us, all together within reach of our inner selves, waiting for us to recognize it. God himself is here waiting for our response to his presence. This eternal world will come alive to us the moment we begin to reckon upon its reality. Eugene Peterson uh, was a pastor, author. He wrote the message version of the Bible. Um, After he passed away, his family shared uh, this moment about his final moments here on this earth. They said this, that it was apparent that he was navigating the thin and sacred space between earth and heaven. We overheard him speaking to people we can only presume were welcoming him into paradise. There may have been a time or two when he accessed his Pentecostal roots, thank you, Jesus, and spoke in tongues as well. Among his final words were, let's go. My, my grandma, when uh, right before she passed away, um, she was, she was declining pretty quickly, and uh, she was in an assisted living facility, and she escaped from her room. And the nurses found her outside, and when they asked her what she was doing, uh, she said that she was talking to her mom, who had obviously passed away decades ago, and we all thought that grandma had maybe lost it. But now as I've been studying this, I'm wondering if grandma was more with it than any of us actually are. That there is a realm surrounding us, a spiritual realm that we need to be aware of and have access to. Now, why do I bring this up? Not to encourage you to try to talk to your deceased relatives. Like, who's this long-haired dude trying to get me to practice divination? This is unbelievable. Never coming here again. What I'm saying is that there's a kingdom realm surrounding us. And it's a greater reality than what we see right now. So let's live like God's eternal kingdom is ever present and accessible to us right now, not just in our final days. Look at how Jesus initiated his ministry. This is unbelievable. Mark chapter one. This is the beginning of the wonderful news about Jesus the Messiah, the son of God. His message was this. These are his first words. At last, the fulfillment of the age has come. It is time for God's kingdom to be experienced In its fullness, turn your lives back to God and put your trust in the hope-filled 
gospel. Jesus' first words on his first day are this. The thing that you've been waiting for is here. And what is it? It's God's kingdom realm. And it's not just here for you to watch and look at, but here for you to experience in his fullness. We are living in a time of a theological tension called the already but not yet. Meaning that it's come, but it's still coming. That it's here, but it's also there. It's already, but it's not yet. We already possess every spiritual blessing in Christ, but we do not experience the fullness of those blessings yet. It's, it's the already, but not yet. And too many of us live in the not yet, and we don't access the already of God's kingdom. We need to taste and see. We need to taste and see. We see this with Jesus' expectation, the language that he uses all throughout his ministry. I'm just going to share one, and then, and then we're going to worship together. I'm going to share, share one word from Jesus. I'm going to share some, some, some takeaways so it gets real practical for you, and then we're going to let it rip. And if you're in the room or you're watching at home right now or you're driving your car, you might need to pull over because <laughs> we're going to worship together. We're going to taste and see. Jesus says this in Matthew chapter 6. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Something that a lot of us have heard before. The verbs in this prayer in its original language are in the aorist tense. Aorist tense is a Greek verb tense expressing past action without indicating its full completion. So it's indicating something that is a past action but it's not completed yet. And I might have gotten a C in Greek, but I passed the class, okay? Shout out to Dr. Amy Anderson. So when we pray, when we pray, we're not hoping and wishing that God's kingdom will come, and we're not hoping and wishing that his will will be done. We are believing that it has already happened, and it is continuing to happen. We need to taste and see what's happening around us, that God has done something. And you might be aware of it right now, but it's time to access it. So how do we access this? How do we do this? This is really practical. And these are all things that you've heard before. And that's probably a good thing. But we need to, we need to immerse ourselves in the word of God, engage our lives in the worship of God, surround ourselves with the community of God, and walk out the mission of God. It's like, man, that's, that's what we say every single week. Exactly. Exactly. We say that for a reason. Soap, our, our, our Bible reading plan, scripture, observation, application, and prayer, that's not some religious obligation so you can check it off a box. And I do it too on the app. When you finish, you can hit complete and it gives you a check and it feels really good. But that's not the point. The point is for you to see the words of God and allow them to flood into your life. What if we actually read our soap, read God's word for what it actually is? It's the word of God. Don't just read it, let it read you. The worship of God. Why is worship such a powerful thing? Anytime people are uh, writing us in online or, or, or in, in, in the room, they're talking about so often how worship just changes their life that they just, they can't help but cry. Why is that? Why does it just feel so right? Because it's what your spirit was created to do. 
that when you are worshiping, that, that thin veil of the spiritual realm is starting to disappear, and now you are joining with the heavens and giving God the praise that he deserves. That's what our lives were meant to do. So we need to immerse ourselves in a life of worship. Everything that we do, you might be thinking, I can't sing. I'm not talking about singing. I'm talking about living your life. Romans says that we would offer our lives as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to him, that this is our spiritual act of worship. That's what we were created to do. So that's how we do it, but why do we do it? We do it because we need community. We need, we need this community, and this community needs us. That we all have a responsibility to each other. And you might be watching online and feel like you're at a distance, but you're not. Every prayer that you pray, every time that you spend time in worship, we are joining together as a church family, wherever you're joining from. This is what we are to do as a community. When we talk about small groups, we're not talking about good church programming. We're talking about a family that is accessing the heavenly realm of God's kingdom that we together are tasting and seeing the goodness of our God. This is what we were created to do. And the last thing is this, the mission of God that we have, I said it early, we have a responsibility. We have the authority. And if you're waiting for your neighbor to to take care of this or your friend or your pastor or somebody else to access the spiritual realm, you're missing it. We all have a responsibility. Jesus is not playing favorites. We are all in this together. This is why we do things like community serve. This is why we do things like global teams. This is why we do things like kingdom builders is so that we are all on mission together. Why? Because there are people around the world that don't know that any of this even exists. What am I talking about with this? I'm not talking about church. I'm talking about that there's a kingdom realm that Jesus paid the price of his life for them to access and find eternal life. That is what God has created us to do. That's what we are here for. And that is why we need to taste And see, we need to access this together so that the world together can access this. I want you to stand to your feet right now where you are. If you're, if you're at home, I want you to stand to your feet. I want you to grab your kids. I want you to hold on to them right now. If you're driving, you might need to pull over. We're going to worship Jesus together. We're going to access the heavenly realm together. This is not just a time for some spiritual karaoke, some singing, some songs, but we are going to lift up our voices, lift up our hands with great excellence expectation that maybe right now we are joining with heaven in lifting up the name of Jesus. So come on, let's lift up our hands as we begin to worship together in Jesus' name. Come on.